ready to go to school. And who is your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of here! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please go outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do this Well, I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and in today's news, Monica Smith from Reignite Democracy Australia is a grifter. Well, that's really not news, Joel. I knew that three years ago. Yes, but she's grifting again. See, she went a bit quiet there, living low on the old Centrelink and the occasional <laughs> ring at the hock shop, you know, what can I get for this? But she's back, and this one is a beauty. Ah, yes, the Eva Peron of Reignite Democracy Australia is the grifter that keeps on grifting. Don't cry for me, I've got tinnia. Fuck, that is so bad, Jack. I feel bad for finding that funny. And so should you, listeners. Feel bad. Well, I, I don't know that she's got uh, tinnia. She, she does have a funny eye, but that doesn't rhyme. Ooh. Um, and I really must stop that because we do need to get to get serious in our rabbit hole discussion yeah. today on spree shootings in the United States. What will be done this time? Not much, if anything, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's really much less funny. Uh, but in other news that might be funny, uh, the cookers are screaming electoral fraud, electoral which we all fraud. expected, yeah. which is beautiful. And it's even better than I thought. I didn't think Uncle Clyde was going to get involved. Jesus Christ. I thought he'd mm. leave his minions to do it for him. But hey, it's fuck, beautiful. straight to the top. And all your favourite segments have returned. The Week in Pete Evans, Black Hill Fuckwit, and Sobsits for the Man. Meanwhile, in general housekeeping, we must, as we always do, get on our knees and genuflect to the power of your wallets. The conditional release program is free and we bring it to you in defiance of the cast iron laws of economics, except to say we could do with a little help to keep the show going. And in other TCRP news, genuine heroes of the show, Sandy and Soz, have got their own podcast in Port Tales. And episode two is upon us to all of our patrons, new and old. It's coming in the next few days. Uh, really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's a tremendous you. effort from Sandy and Sauce. No one knows cookers like they do. And oh, yeah. for all their and our extraneous musings, flip us a bit of coin and get stuck into all the good gear behind the CIP paywall. Yes, just fill our, fill our hats. For as little as $5 a month, you could be enjoying that right now instead of this free rubbish. It's really well <laughs> edited, actually. Fucking- yeah, it is. It is. It really does. It really does good work. Oh, listeners, tiring. there's a whole bunch of content there, election analyses, world news and analysis, and of course, the occasional vomit-riddled extra podcast where Joel and I just blurt out a bunch of shit like people's treaty. So easy. It's just so easy. It's just so easy to do. I love it. It's yeah, so yeah. We, we, we do enjoy the people's treaty, and you it's can find your way to all of it behind the paywall by going to www.patreon.com backslash conditional release program and make a small investment. The conditional release program. That is, just Google it. We're going to rise from our knees now because this is pathetic. We're going to put our hands away. You know, you can put your dicks away and let's get on with the show. Yeah, and that means it's time for the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. (laughs) 
So Monica has resurfaced. Well, I mean, like realistically, she never really went away. She's no. been trying to rebrand herself as this whole reignite world freedom because I don't know, like Australians don't give a shit about her anymore. Blathering on about how she's robbed at the election, getting what was it <laughs> under half a percent, like 0.46 or something. It wasn't much. Yeah, It wasn't much. And sent out this dramatic mailer saying that Monica could go back to prison. And yes, that's her referring to herself in the third person. Yeah, yeah, she does that. She breaches <laughs> the Australian laws. <laughs> and- that are only available to Australian test cricketers. I still don't get that joke, but I'm totally all about it. Anyway, the email opens with, take it away. I have lost a significant court battle this morning with huge ramifications. Here's the story. If you don't like reading, there's a video at the bottom. Okay, first things first is a side note. I love the fact that you lowered your voice to quote Monica. That makes me very happy. You didn't go, I've lost a significant court battle. You're like, I've lost a significant court battle. That, I love it. Okay. Good. If you don't like reading, if you're not one of them readers, exactly. You know, look it, at the video. We don't like book learning around here, and no. I, I, I fully support that. So that is like, it's just like that absolutely killed it for me. It's like, don't worry, I've got a video for you because she knows her audience. She knows these people yep. live on videos. So, like, look, I listen to audiobooks. I'm just as, like, uncultured as the next guy. But videos beneath me, beneath me. Yeah. So... It's hard work. I did. I did watch the ten minute. I didn't read it. I did go, did go <laughs> I straight. Did, read it. did go straight to the ten minute video. Did not watch the video. It was just on in the background. I'll explain later. Uh, yeah, I'd actually do so because I haven't seen it. I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, you know. Pay the Patreon and I'll start watching this shit. So most of the emails is self-indulgent blabber where she clumsily explains how she did nothing wrong, which I love because this is the kind of thing that will totally get brought up in court later. Remember that that, uh, that email you sent where you said you did nothing wrong when you were explicitly told you did? Dig up, stupid. Yeah. I mean, come on. So the police are requesting access to her accounts and devices and blah, blah, blah. And this honestly is such a great area for me ethically. I'm not completely into the surveillance state. But when it comes to Monica, my ethics just kind of go out the window and she can just kind of go fuck herself. Like she made her bed. Open slather. I know. Like how much did she just like put the red rag in front of the cops and the cops were like, well, I am a bull after all. I probably should run at this. So Mm. like in her reasons as to why she thinks that handing over the passwords is unjust, she claimed that police will be given a list of political opposition, which is just such a paranoid brain thing to think. (laughs) Oh, I'll be handing them a list of political Dissidents, which they'll root out and shoot like Anne Frank. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about, yeah. you psycho? ACOs get bound to be busy in packing them very soon. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, like, no one fucking cares. No one cares. <laughs> You're on Facebook a lot, whatever. So then she gets to the good bit, which is the appeal for money. Ah, uh, yeah. Textbook. So she raised over $300,000 for this battle and she intends to fight out until every cent is spent or at least as, like, convincingly. Oh, yeah, I spent $80,000 on this one application. But then she even admits that her legal advice was just to plead guilty and pay the fines and be done with it. Like, that's not dramatic at all. It's just boring. Oh, how can I grift from that? She needs to stand up to the man with a hand out and a hat out for money the entire fucking time. I know. Because cause yeah. now apparently she's gone to prison. But, like, wasn't she up for a fine? Like, I'm still trying to figure out. Maybe she's ratcheted this up from a magistrate's court matter. <laughs> Now it's in the county court, the district court elsewhere in the country, in the county court. So it's gone up. It's gone a up. A rung. A rung. Yeah. And now she's standing in front of a judge instead of a magistrate. Yeah. And the police are going, okay, sure, no worries. Yeah. 
Cool. Keep coming. We'll uh, just keep going. Yeah. And now she does stand. Look, there is, it must be said, a, a sentence uh, that she's looking at of a five-year jail term. That's that's the maximum jail term. That's the maximum uh, in, for in the Victoria. inside of charge she's looking yeah, at? Okay. For, yeah. For, for that. Yep. See, this is one of the things I wasn't sure about and didn't have time to look into today. For incitement. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a five-year, it's a five, it comes with a five-year jail term. It, yeah. it, that. That won't happen, but that is the maximum. Because she was claiming that basically the five years that she was looking at was more along the lines of not not going along with the warrant uh, to tap the phones. But when it comes down to it, that may be even a separate charge that she's just bitching and moaning about. And let's face it, Could creating be. her own problems by not pleading guilty and be mm. done with it. She, 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 look, this is the way it's going to go. She'll either plead guilty, which well, she's not going to do, or she'll be found guilty. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's it. it. And this is the that's thing. It. Those are the outcome. She even admits in the email that the data would be safe if she just pled guilty. And the evidence clearly suggests that she is guilty because incitement is a crime and you don't need a like to enjoy a law. You don't be like, oh I agree with that law. Therefore I will I will abide by it. No. You don't get to pick and choose laws. The role, the, like the world, doesn't revolve around your dopey take on political philosophy. It's so painful reading the email. She's like, I think these laws are bad, and therefore I don't think they're going to apply to me. Yeah, tell that to every kid who's gone to jail for weed. So as she shamelessly asks for money through this and other badly written misses, it appears that Monica's auntie has appealed for her to return an heirloom ring that mm. she took from her Did that belonged to her auntie's late mother. How fucking cooked is that? She comes out and she says, how much money would it take to get the ring back? So she knows <laughs> Monica all too well. And you can clearly see that she's family. She's grown up with her. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, a ruby and diamond ring, Joel. Um, Fuck. So- Sounds I mean, it's nice. worth a few bob, I'm sure. You know, not as much when you put it down well, in cash I converters. Think, yeah, well, probably probably less at cash converters than it would have sentimental value for auntie here. And also less than retail value. I just don't think she's searching for the right price. But that's just another story. She, you know, desperation speaks volumes. And uh, so the auntie saying when she was asked to return the ring, Monica replied, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Classic 15-year-old response. Just mm. awful, awful shit. The auntie then finishes a post with, you need my... Money. I need the ring my mom gave me when she was alive because they're all Canadians. And this is harrowing shit. I mean, first the Cossack rips off his grandma on a loan, <laughs> hoping to get off on an Armadio defense. No, that was sort of a long time ago. And now Monica is pawning precious jewelry to keep her scam going. I mean, if that ring is in her possession, tell you what, I will eat my fucking shoe. But it's just incredible stuff, just how bad these people are. Like, how can you get a room full of used car salesmen? Like, it's just crazy how shit these people are. They're not really family values people. I mean, they talk about it, but they're they're not very good at it, are they? They're really meant to be. So reading the judgment on this application is genuinely painful, but also interesting. It goes through a lot of the case against her for incitement. During the lockdowns, the whole thing... While I already knew a lot of this stuff, it did cement a fact in my mind, which is that Monica Smith publicly dribbles a lot of shit. Blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. Fuck, man, this case is full of her posts and God, they're torturous. She just babbles on, constantly coming up with random harebrained shit. Do this, do that. Oh, like, remember that bit where she was like, oh, if everyone sends a text to five of their friends and then they send five texts to their friends, <laughs> it'll be like 10 trillion texts in like a day. Within three texts, yeah. 11 billion. Just amazing. It's like, yes, that's exponential maths. Well done. Well, we already know about money and maths. She needs her school certificate delivered to her, express post mm. in yeah, just tomorrow. Just, yeah. 
I want to see the signing ceremony. It'd be gorgeous. So look, she's going to cop an absolute hiding in court because like, you know, there's so much on her and she's so obnoxious. So I can see why she's kind of shitting herself. And one of the things that's crazy in this is that Lucky Lance is heavily featured in this document. He is. In this sort of bizarre loop back to Monica's IVO or AVO for our, you know, New South Wales listeners. It's an IIO or some shit as well. And this is the thing. No, Lance, you can't share this episode as much as you'd like to. You just can't. The reason why is because anything that has Monica Smith in it, he can't share because that is a fucking breach of his violence order. Oh. Insane. He's been literally gagged. He cannot talk about Monica. Whatever happened to free speech, Joe? Oh, I don't know. Someone was crusading for it. Her name was uh, Monica <laughs> Smith. She had a lazy eye, great hair. I don't know what happened to her. I think I think also some tinea. Yes, but, um- <laughs> apparently so. I haven't checked her feet recently, but it sounds like you have. So, But this is the thing. He did this fucking inelegant video. I don't even remember it, but like it, it rings a bell where apparently he said, you know, call that scamming rats and basically said one of us is going to be dead the other one's going to be in jail and like I mean that's error of judgment as far as I would say but what can you do yeah, man? Like, it's just uh, it's a bit of a laugh I mean I, th- I thought the meaning of it was this is going to go a long time exactly and it's that sort of like you know that, that's, it's got a flair to it it's like you know I'm not going to stop until one of us is either dead or in jail like it's a, it's a sort of like it's a badass line but like she had to of course take it literally and it's great because like while it may not be the best choice of words only an idiot like Monica with this desperate victim complex would actually consider that to be a death threat and think that others would agree. The police responded to this fairly reasonably by saying, and this is a quote, a reasonable interpretation of what Mr. Simon said in the video was that he would never give up on his campaign against alleged crowdfunding scammers. That's the way I took it. The yeah. cops said alleged crowdfunding scammers. The cops are saying crowdfunding scammers. The cops are <laughs> lucky lads. Not that he intended to kill them. Like that is it. Like that is mm. it. But I, do, mm. I just really get so off. So I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Like crowdfunding scammers. Like Lucky Lance has actually inserted the crowdfunding scammers as lexicon in the cop's brain. I love that. But this whole thing, of course, ruins the victim narrative and just takes the takes joy out of it. I mean, like now she's just a scamming rat that's facing justice, which is not fun at all. So no, he's also me. quoted as saying that you can take the girl out of Packenham, but you can't take Packenham out of the girl. And I swear to God, that was our very own Soz who said that first, but <laughs> I don't know. Either way, it's a great quote. If it was, yeah. if it was Lance... Credit where credit's due. Either way, the patron state of Pakenham is having a terrible time of things. And this document is a very long-winded middle finger and constantly reminds me of the way that Nelson and the Simpsons says, ha ha! <laughs> that was a bad thing. My, my, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ha ha! See, no, I can't. Like, really I can't do it. It's terrible. Ah. That's why voice actors are paid the big bucks. You don't bucks. have range. I don't have range. I don't <laughs> yeah. have range. That's right. It's embarrassing. I should never have brought that up. So when, Ho- when Monica tried to say her phones were protected by journalistic privilege, which is ah. hilarious. <laughs> no, that yeah. is a ha 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 moment. <laughs> the police said. Even if the plaintiff is a journalist, which is disputed. <laughs> There was no evidence before the magistrate that she was a journalist. No, there, there we is go. no. Uh, yeah, it's just no. So it's actually, I mean, that's not a legal protection, by the way. But anyway, it's um, a part of the thing. There's a yeah, whole bit of yeah. law in there and stuff like that. But it's not just a journalist. So funny. Like, her yeah. and Harvey, just not a journalist. Not journalists, man, man. just not. But the thing is that you have said repeatedly through the document and in your email that you have God on your side. So let's see what God has planned for you. I'm not sure if it's going to be good. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, it it just looks like just saying, I want trouble and I'm going to make as much of it for myself as as I possibly can. Totally. Here, Monica, have this apple. It's covered in toffee. (laughs) And and if anyone would be so kind as to pay for it all, please. (laughs) Uh, And in matters cephalogical, 
that is to say matters electoral, there are growing claims of electoral fraud. Damn it, and- I missed my cue. Keep <laughs> going, did. keep going. Hanging over the federal election on May 21. Yes, the cookers who didn't run a drum are screaming like poorly behaved children that because they couldn't get a win, it must all be fixed. Yep. Leading the charge is former LNP member for Dawson and is failed it? Senate candidate Georgie Porgy. Christensen. Is he? Yes, he's Georgie. I well, haven't seen George, this. Georgie is putting together a website. Oh, the IAC must be all a tremble at the thought of it, where Georgie will assemble claims from Cooker's the various about electoral fraud. I feel a segment coming on here, Joel. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be beautiful to read. And I was about to say electoral fraud in a, in a deep, drawn out voice, but then you walked through it. That was in caps in the document. Yeah, where, George, where Georgie will assemble claims from Cooker's various about electoral, electoral fraud. fraud. I'm still stunned that he's doing and this. And it'll be the sort of, I went to the voting booth, but they wouldn't show me their deeds and titles. <laughs> I drew a cock and balls on my ballot paper, but they didn't count it as three votes. It's still a valid vote, though. It promises to be an exhaustive catalogue of almost unimaginable fuckwittery. <laughs> I just think, I think I, I really see a segment coming out of this. I do. I think it really just will be. read off the website. It should be hilarious. Totally. So on last week's show, we did mention Clive Palmer's accusations of electoral fraud. <laughs> but the Australian Electoral Commission shot it down and that's the last we heard on the topic from the big man. Yeah, he's not taking that to court, is he? Because it's all no, made up bullshit. One. Not that one. And no. by the way, while the count still goes on, it would now seem unlikely that the UAP will get a senator in Victoria. Yes! The more likely scenario is the Libs will return three senators, including the third on the ticket, Greg Mirabella, husband of Sophie. And here we must bow our heads and pause yep. for a moment to reflect on what it must be like to be married to Sophie Mirabella. Ugh. Ooh. Anywho, the UAP has journeyed into the third place for the sixth senator behind the Libs and Sustainable Development, a party that did not spend $100 million in advertising. (laughs) Neither did the Libs, by the way. So it appears no UAP representation in the new parliament, no Ralph Babbitt, the first candidate on the UAP ticket, and perhaps less amusing is that if Mon Mon Smith really was offered Babbitt's spot by Big Clive and knocked it back, she wouldn't have made it to the Senate after all. Damn. That had me in stitches all last week. To be fair, if she's up for incitement and it's a five-year term, I believe you can't be indicted on something with a three-year. It wouldn't matter what what the penalty was, but if she's convicted, uh, she would not be able to sit in the parliament. Uh, anything with a 12-month or more. 12-month or more, that's the one, yeah. yeah that makes mm. a lot of sense. Yeah, Do your own research, just in case you're wrong. No, 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 that is absolutely correct. Um, <clears throat> anyway, $100 million for a big fat zero. <laughs> that is pretty fucking funny. No wonder Big Clive was babbling about electoral, electoral fraud on election night. Now, the funniest of the claims of electoral fraud, fraud comes from fond dickhead Steve Dixon. Oh, dickhead. Remember him, listeners? He was the one nation bloke who attempted to court America's oh, National yeah, Rifle, Rifle Association right. for a bit of folding while being filled by an interloper doing so, leading to an ugly moment at a strip club in the States where a drunk Dixon was tipping the go- the girls a dollar each. It's, it's the way you do it, bro. It's what fun. sort of animal tips a stripper's a dollar, Joel? <laughs> it is, and I rarely say this, 
un-Australian. Very sad. And Dixon is having a whinge that he and another grouped independent were not designated on the Queensland Senate ballot as independents, merely appearing by name under the H column. Well, yeah. This despite being advised precisely that by the AEC in the weeks when the ballots were finalised. Uh-huh. Dixon and his running mate got a dollar's worth of votes. In Oof. fact, probably less than that. 0.0717 of the Jesus. total votes in Queensland for the Senate, to be precise, and is screaming, electoral. Fraud. Mate, champion, Dicko, you're lovely. Maybe it's because people don't like you and think you're a terrible human being and a terrible, terrible tipster for strippers. But no, <laughs> not according to one dollar Dicko. He thinks he would have shitted it. Money. I'll do anything for you. And today's sponsor of the Conditional Release Program is the Liberal Party of Australia. Yes, listeners, the party that promotes family values because they love families and want them to enjoy a bit of taxpayer largesse. Oh, sorry, I should clarify. Mm. Not your family or mine, who they frankly find disgusting, but theirs, their families. The royal them. Anyway, they're having a bit of a lie down for the next three years minimum (laughs) before setting out on a new journey. Will the Libs emerge from their enforced vacation to go further to the right, straight past Genghis Khan and onwards before appealing to a voting block from the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club? Or will they shift to the left and sport the, the twee pantsuits of teal indies? Ooh. Peter Dutton looks fab in teal. Mm. <laughs> decisions, decisions. Listeners, the Liberal Party is the party of Menzies, a Prime Minister so respected and feared he remained in the lodge despite having died in office three years earlier. The Liberal Party is the party of Howard, a man who overcame crippling ugliness and a loathing of people of colour anywhere on the Pantone chart above Albino <laughs> to become the second longest serving PM and worst Australian cricketer. It's the party of Abbott, Turnbull, Morrison, Dutton, proving once and for all They'll never knock anyone back. No. The Liberal Party of Australia, it's all your fault. (laughs) I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... Within- and if you're successful in today's which black bill fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll join Senator Jane Hume and Liberal heavyweight Brian Loughnan in conducting a review of the Liberal Party's failed campaign in the 2022 federal election. Change nothing. It was fine. Nothing I know, was wrong. I know, it was fine. I know it might sound like a lot of work fiddling yeah. through the entrails of that dead goat, asking questions of people you don't like and never will, and then completing a detailed report with a lovely colour cover. Perfect bound or Spirex? Uh, binding. You decide. But don't worry because the review is a lot easier than that. You can enjoy a long lunch and get back to the office shit-faced drunk to complete the report and the only report that will mean anything is just five simple words. Scott Morrison is a cunt. (laughs) And his fingerprints are fucking everywhere. Report done, and what's more, you're right on the money, Joel, but will the Liberals learn from their mistakes? No. Electing Peter Dutton as leader is a surefire sign that they haven't learned a thing. No. They'd be better off with that one. So we go to the quotes now. Some of them are related to the election, but not this one. We When 9-11 happened... We didn't ban planes. Didn't they, like, for, like, a, like a couple of days have, like, no planes? And then didn't they, like, implement, like, security? Longer than that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Okay. So that's the quote. When 9-11 happened, we didn't ban planes. Obviously, in relation to the uh, Uvalde shooting that uh, that was, uh, uh, we you know, we have a shooting so we don't ban guns. When 9-11 happened, we didn't ban planes. Was that? Guns don't keep kill people. It's the bullets that come out of them at 1,500 metres per second that do all the damage. Colorado Rep and Republican Congressperson Lauren Burbitt 
Probably. Was it guns don't kill people? It's people that kill people, and we in the Republican Party support killing people. US Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell? Probably not. Or was it guns don't kill people, although that one over there I just shot doesn't look well? Georgia (laughs) Rep and Republican Congressperson Marjorie Taylor Greene? Probably. Or was it guns don't kill people, and that guy just shot in the face should make a full recovery? Former US Vice President Dick Cheney? Probably not. You absolutely fucking... This is a coin toss and you know it. Um, I'm going to go with Bobbitt. Yeah, Bobbitt! Hey. Yes. Oh, she's a bigger gun nut. It's a good guess because- she, They're the same person. She's a they're the much same fucking bigger, person. Nah, she's a bigger gun nut than Marjorie Taylor Greene, than MTJ. Yeah, she does. She carries the gun and she has that- Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they, look, they're both, they're, both, they're both open carriers, but <laughs> Lauren, Lauren Bobbitt, that's her That's her. Um, that's her stick. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's that's her thing. Yeah. So yeah, well done. When nine eleven happened, we didn't ban planes. Well, they did for a little while. Yeah. But, uh, don't tell of, yeah. Lauren. Don't Just, tell Lauren that. Yeah. All right. Now to uh, now to our federal election and some lovely quotes coming up from this one. I hope you heard this one along the way, Joel. It has been around. As Barnaby said to me the other day, sometimes people like to change the curtains. They might still like the old curtains, but they want new ones. They just like to change the curtains. I haven't heard that, but that is dumb shit. Was that John Curtin? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> or was that National Party leader for a day and former minister for Harry Potter impersonators? <laughs> a man with so little to be proud of, David Littleproud. Yeah, yeah, leader, leader, yeah. And was that a man so unpopular with the electorate that he came second as preferred PM to a syphilis shanker, Scott Morrison? <laughs> That's hard. That's hard. Or was that referring to himself in the third person in breach of Australian law that prohibits it for all Australians except uh, test cricketers, Barnaby Joyce himself? Looking for a job now, Barnaby. Could Barnaby – I just feel like Barnaby could have done that, but I just – yeah, I'm going to go a little proud. The uh, new leader. Oh, Oh, no, Joel. It was Scott. It It was was Scott? Yeah, it was Scott saying – you know, they, people just wanted to change the curtains. There's nothing really wrong with the old curtains. Uh, just like to okay. change the Now game. it makes so much more sense. No. Tell you what, there was so much talk of curtains. But I'm also, like, you know, Little Proud becoming uh, the leader of the Nationals is interesting. Is that a move to the centre? Uh, not really, no. No, it's, it, it, it's um, a compromise, I would think. Uh, okay. There is no love lost between Barnaby Joyce and uh, Darren Chester, the Victorian Nat, now senior Nat, uh, and they both had a go. Uh, Barnaby got tipped out, uh, and that's really the cost of it. They, they were running around after the election, the Nats saying, oh, we didn't lose any seats, and <laughs> true enough, they didn't. True, but, they didn't, yeah. <laughs> but they probably lost quite a few. Barnaby Joyce probably lost quite a few in Sydney and in Melbourne yes. uh, without actually having a candidate there. So He was um, literally used as a boogeyman. By saying you vote for Scott Morrison, you get Barnaby Joyce, and Barnaby's like, "No, you don't." Oh, I guess you kind of do. Oh Ch- shit! Chester's actually a half decent fellow. He was Minister for Veterans Affairs. He really tidied up uh, that uh, that uh, bureaucracy. It was a real mess. Uh, okay, Affairs. I'll keep that in mind on Twitter when yeah, I. Yeah, Chester's Chester's not a not a bad fellow and okay. one of the more sensible National Party people, but they've gone in the middle somewhere for David Littleproud. Well. Yeah. Former Minister for Harry Potter impersonators. I should have guessed better on that one. I have no one but myself to blame, as opposed to uh, Scott Morrison or uh, Barnaby. All right. (laughs) This is another magnificent quote, this one. I love this. Liberal values are very much Australia's values. 
And I don't think that Australia understands that anymore. See, I heard this one and I like it. Go through your options because they'll be funny, but I okay. know this one. We didn't win, but we didn't lose. Billy, he came and he went. Snedden. Bless. Was it Liberal Party campaign secret weapon? No one inspires the undead like him. John Howard. Oh, bless. Or was it wearing a Carlos Zampatti and, and a white teal? Victorian Liberal Party senator trying to blend in. Jane Hume. <laughs> or was it Winger, dummy spitter, willing to back off on his gayness if someone gives him a job? Tim Wilson. Isn't he going to be the most painful cunt at the IPA? He's just going to be out there just No, he's, the done, he's too old for that. He's too old for that, man. You reckon? No, uh, no. He's, he's got to get a job. <laughs> yeah, know. at the IPA, Institute of Public Affairs. What about, a, what about a Jim's lawn mowing franchise? You know, he's going to be a think tanker. Trust me. Mm. Anyway, it's Jane Hume. <laughs> yeah. What a hilarious quote. Oh, it's, a it's just ridiculous. It's like the people <laughs> the people got it wrong. Uh, you never say those things. And, and you and, said that on two jacks. It makes total sense. Like as much as the people may have got it wrong in certain times, you don't say that. You, do, you never say it. You never say, no. hey, God, you people are wrong. You can believe um, look, it. Jane Hume's actually, uh, actually quite smart and a, and a liberal moderate. And, and look, as I said before, she's doing the review that you will not now be a part of. She kind of sucks. But, um, but, um, but yeah, oh, she's a typical sort of twee um, south of the river uh, Melbourne Tory but um, but she's, she's bright she knows her stuff and all that sort of stuff. so you just think what were you thinking when you came up with that yeah liberal values are very much Australia's values and I don't think Australia understands that anymore it was a Ooh. brain fart and she fucked up she was on live radio yeah, I mean it was, it was all our fault yeah Yes, it was. And uh, to be honest, in 2019, we uh, got so angry at Queensland, I swear to God, I could have blown that entire fucking state up. So I feel you, Jane. I'm on your page. Yeah, it was all the Melbourneites who voted Tory. (laughs) 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 All those Melbourne immigrants. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. And in today's Soft Sits V, the man, we are looking at Monica Smith. She's been all over the program. Doesn't she, Doss? That's right. The same. The one and only Monica Smith. Joel has excoriated earlier in the show for being a perpetual grifter, totally addicted to other people's money. And jewellery. And her family's (laughs) jewellery. Jesus Christ. rubies and rubies and diamond rings. Why? Just why? Now, look, I don't think Mon Mon is a soft sit, but no. one sharp-eyed viewer alerted me to her heartfelt video, which I not, did not listen to. Not two sharp job. eyes? Just yeah. one sharp eye? <laughs> yeah. No, not that. No, no. No, it wasn't mine again. No, no. We'll, we'll get on to Philip Molly Malone shortly and how he pointed this out to me. Yeah, so he pointed me out the, the video, which I went a whole 10 minutes in which I got bored and started looking at Japanese pornography just to take the edge off the pervading sense of disgust. It was vomit porn. It's a niche thing. You got to have a hobby. I prefer Anyhow. the tentacles, the uh, the squids, the octopus, the octopi. Sorry, Japanese people. Vomit, vomiting in a spa. You know, <laughs> it's 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 niche. It's niche. It's niche. Anywho, I want to thank Philip Molly Malone <laughs> for pointing out to me that Monica was filmed with a backdrop of tiny curtains, tiny curtains that are often found in caravans. Wow, that is perceptive shit. Yeah, Who's was, Rain Man was, over was. here? Phil, man, you are crazy. <laughs> and I thought, be still my beating heart. I thought, is Mon Mon living in a van, van down, down by, by the, the river? river? 
Brilliant. She is an associate. That much is clear. Her lawyers are the real deal. Yeah, you know? got They're expensive. That's yeah, why they she are. needs all that money, as Joel explained. Yes. But many of her followers are fully blown associates, and yes, they so. approach the financial conundrum mon mon faces with the grim certainty of the righteousness of the cause. They had no money to give, but they did have advice. Good advice. Good sovsit advice from the heart. Aww. Now, I turned to Morgan C. Jonas in the comments on his Facebook page as he helped out his husband-to-be, Mon Mon, uh, raise a bit of coin in the endless griff and pointless narcissism for which he has become famous. Yes. Here's just a sample. Take it away, Joel. Speak to Know Your Rights Lawyers. One of the men, Darren Dixon, that goes on the show is also Rod Cullerton advisor. <laughs> I have also seen him at the Melbourne protest last year. Breath. <laughs> they also had a guy by the name of Daryl O'Brien go for the Senate for GAP in Victoria. He has been at the Constitution Law <laughs> for over 20 to 30 years. O'Brien's been at the Constitutional Law for 20 to 30 years. Got Good to get Lord. him on the team on mine. And don't forget Rod Carlton's advisor. He must be a gun because Rod's won so many. How many cases, Carlton, won, Joe? Oh, not That's many, right. if any. Fucking zero. Yeah. <laughs> Next. I'll be more than happy to support, however, only if you challenge, you being a you, the validity of the courts. <laughs> Since the Crown's removal, they have no standing, which actually isn't a thing. It's jurisdiction. People have standing, and I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, that's better than money, isn't it? That sort of advice. Exactly, yeah. The Crown's been removed, so, you know, the courts, I mean, just laugh at them. When they sentence you to jail, just go... Ah, you're not real. The great thing is Monica may have no standing by just denying the claims altogether. I'm not being charged and therefore I have no standing as a defendant. That's really dumb. So, Monica, you are not obligated to step into an unlawful court named an administrative court. Yep. Okay. I'm so upset because I'm doing admin law right now. That burns my head. It has no lawful jurisdiction. The first obligation of any court is to prove jurisdiction and the court absolutely has no jurisdiction to hear case against a live human. Fuck me. Do not let your solicitor, spell phonetically, tell you what I have said is not true. They get paid even if you lose and you will. You wow. will, you will, my man. Vote of confidence. Ask your solicitor to go pro bono. <laughs> Reasonable request. <laughs> this guy's got a grasp with Latin too. That's what I really love. Can't spell solicitor. Knows all about pro bono. Free Bargain stuff. hunter. That's what he is. He's like, just ask for it to be free, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, you won't win because the so-called judge has not sworn a lawful oath and are under the politician's instruction. <laughs> God save the queen. God save the God queen. Save the queen. <laughs> Her fascist regime. That was So, fucked. no money. <laughs> That's just awful, and I really feel for you having to read it. Jesus yeah, Christ. Not yeah, you, you no buried lawful. me on that one. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything, my mum, because, you know, it's, it's just not, nothing's lawful. That's fine. So, no money. But some no. terrific advice there to Mon Mon on how right. to avoid a bit of stir, a bit of porridge. Uh, <laughs> I just hope Mon Mon is grateful. She may not be a soft but isn't it time she started listening to advice from people who already live in a, a van, van down by the river? She's already got the van. We know that. She's one step ahead already. Well spotted, Phil. Well spotted, brother. I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question. And keep looking for the answers. Because it's irrelevant. 
As we go to air, we have news coming in that in Tennessee, six people were shot, two of them suffered life-threatening injuries following an altercation between two groups of people in downtown Chattanooga on Saturday night, police said that Sunday morning our time. Uh, police arrived at the scene to find multiple parties exchanging gunfire and numerous people f- are fleeing the area. Uh, two individuals from one group started firing upon another group, Chattanooga Police Chief Celeste Murphy said in a news conference Sunday American time. They believe that there was wasn't one intended target, at least in that other group, and all of the other victims that were shot were unintended. Investigators believe the shooting was not gang-related, she said. Multiple gunshot victims were taken to hospital for treatment, four are expected to survive, while two have life-threatening injuries. Most of those shot were teenagers or in their early 20s. Not gang-related, just a mass shooting event. So basically what you're saying is the US is the Wild West where people randomly it engage in open gunfire. Doesn't It sounds like it, it doesn't happens. it? You know, Tennessee, like, close enough. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's just fucking crazy. Frontier stuff, yeah. We just don't do this. It's just... This, when we rec- while we're recording on the 30th of the 5th, it's the 150th day in the calendar year. And according to the UN Gun Violence Archive, there have been 221 mass shootings in the US so far this year. So that's more than one a day. Uh, A mass shooting is defined as an incident with at least four people shot, excluding the shooter. And the shooting comes days after an 18-year-old used a legally purchased AR-15-style rifle to kill 19 children and two teachers at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. And that, in turn, came 10 days after another 18-year-old shooter killed 10 people, nine of them black, and injured three people in a white supremacist outrage in Buffalo, New York. The teenage shooter was taken into custody. In Uvalde, Texas, the shooter was shot dead by police. And there is a distinct pattern emerging here about the culprits. They are, for the most part, young, white, and troubled loners, often radicalised and cheered on by Drek on social media. Yeah. And we've all heard the terrible statistics. For me, the one that really drove the problem home was that an analysis undertaken by the Washington Post revealed that 300,000 young Americans have experienced or been witnesses to spree shootings on school grounds. 300,000. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And, like, one of the things that I can say is that I came close to witnessing a terrorist attack in London on 7-7 years and years and years ago. And... I I was freaking out. I was going down to the platform as they came and said there was a power surge. And I thought, fuck, okay, power surge, better get a bus. This wasn't the place where they attacked buses afterwards, but there was was another one of the places they attacked buses after, you know, to get the people who were going from the platform. So, like, emotions were running high and I was really freaking out. And my dad had this sort of great moment where he told me, you weren't actually close to it. You were fine. And you were miles away. But it didn't feel like it. And that Mm. day... Despite the fact that I was exponential miles away, I may as well have been in another, another country as far as the explosion was concerned. The idea, it touches you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember ringing, ringing my friends in London and saying, are you all right? Are you all right? And he's like, yeah, we're miles away, mate. Yeah. Like I was on the platform. I, I was walking to the platform, but I was minutes away. And minutes mm, are a lifetime closer. when it comes to an explosion. But even so, I mean, you still feel shook. You feel – and there were, there would have been so many people alongside me that day who felt like they were 
you know, minutes away from getting blown up. But either way, that feeling of vulnerability really stuck with me until my dad rationalized it. And if he didn't, you know, that bit of like instant therapy, I don't know how I would have reconciled it. I'd probably still be pissed off at terrorists and you know yeah well look there's 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 lots of differences between these events i mean i would argue that spree shooting events are terrorism themselves fuck yes absolutely what they often lack is sort of political motivation but yeah well they they lack it on face value but if you look underneath the underneath the covers there's always something whether it be the incel angle or white nationalism that's absolutely true Scratch the surface, man. Yeah, definitely was in Buffalo. But the other main difference is that the UK responded to that event. But you know, from the outside looking into the United States, it seems a total no-brainer that state and federal legislatures will act, but it almost certainly won't happen. No. no nothing will happen and nothing could be sure of yeah, that. In the UK, they acted, they thought about it, they they, they made, they, they you know, there was an impact. In the US, it's just business as usual. Yeah, we'll talk about how we responded in this country to spree shooting events um, yeah. in a little later. But the the view is that the National Rifle Association has, the NRA has its claws into too many politicians, especially Republicans. Not always Republicans, but well, for yeah. the most part. But while that is true to an extent, the reality is that Americans have close connections to guns, Second Amendment and all that, and won't concede that anything could or should be done. Yeah. Some of us may have seen the impassioned speech from NBA basketball coach Steve Kerr after the Uvalde shooting. It was a powerful oration that pointed the finger directly at 50 senators, meaning the GOP, a Republican representation in the Senate, claiming that 90% of Americans supported federal background checks before purchases of certain firearms could be made. A Kerr speech referenced background check legislation that would have extended background checks to private sellers. The legislation allowed only for limited exceptions, such as such as if the firearm were a gift from a spouse. Aww. Happy birthday, wife. Have an assault rifle. Hey, babe, just in case you piss me off, like maybe you can like, <laughs> shoot me in the face? Oh, oh sweet. Yeah, yeah. Look, in, in March 2021, what he was referring to there was that the House voted in favour of the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2021, but the bill never received a vote in the 50-50 Senate where Republicans have shown opposition to adding gun control laws. And so the bill's never been put to them. There's just no point. It's just sitting there. Uh, they couldn't move to a vote which would need 60 senators. And you just yeah, don't because the filibuster that. bullshit. Yeah. So that was nearly two years of equivocation by the GOP and the Senate. Akira wasn't making the stats up. A Quinnipiac poll in 2021 found 89% overall support with support among 98% of Democrats and 84% of Republicans for yeah. background checks. But there are other polls and they speak to the real nature of the problem. In Gallup polling from earlier this year, when asked if they were satisfied or not with gun control laws, only 36% of Americans said they were dissatisfied and wanted stricter gun control laws. Bizarre. 61% were either satisfied or wanted less strict laws. Oh, good. 13%. And and 7% wanted no change. So so 61% say everything's beautiful. That's crazy. In another Gallup poll conducted late last year, 52% of Americans indicated they wanted stricter gun control. So we're veering into a majority there. Pushing up. 46% within the margin of error either thought laws should be kept the same, 35%, or made less strict, 11%. The same survey found. 
So it's like almost every social problem in the United States. Americans are split on response almost straight down the middle. And it's for these reasons and not so much the NRA, NRA campaign donations that Republicans and some Democrats receive to endorse the status quo. Now, the Republicans argue that, they merely, that they're merely representing their constituents and as ugly as that might sound... They are right. That's fair. And like, I've always thought the whole thing was about like the NRA has this thing about primarying out candidates because what they'll do is they'll flood a small race with a shitload of money and they will, you know, destroy a, a, a candidate. So when you go against gun control, the NRA comes in, floods the campaign with money and you lose. But it's not necessarily that because not only are the NRA doing these sort of, you know, you know a bit of uh, campaign maneuvering, but the people are behind this, which is yep. something that I never really factored in. I always thought it was a special interest running the thing, whereas when it comes down to it, you look at those polls, I mean, they are responding to their constituents. But I have to insert myself here because it's it's cookie time. When it comes down to a con- conversation about gun control, you have to bet the house on conspiracy theorists and oh, yeah. Yeah, sort no, of the that's right-wing true. conspiracy theorists coming up with a wild story about false flag events obviously orchestrated by Democrats, probably Joe Biden himself, to take your guns away. And you can set your watch to it. And I mean, like, this is because they don't wait long. You can set your watch to the milliseconds they wait before they just say false flag, and then they create the narrative, they build the story as the facts come out. They do not wait. These counter-narratives, which are a compulsion for people on the fringe who just love the idea of a counter-narrative, they populate these Telegram channels and rumble videos with these long-bearded morons with these dopey theories on what really happened with zero evidence or any basis. But it's just this like violent sexual fan fiction for these creepy fucking gun nuts. Theories included, and this fucking pisses me off so much and I'm cringing to say it, that children slain in this incident were actually taken by elites and sold as sex slaves, you know, yes. to Democrats. I've said this. I've seen this stuff, yeah. It's queuing mm. on bullshit. But, like, this is something that they're sharing on Telegram. This is mm. something that people, don't know how many, are believing. And while we shouldn't pay attention to this shit, when I come across this stuff, I just can't help but to just need an outlet. And you guys are my outlet, and I appreciate this, listeners. <laughs> Fuck, this drives me nuts. But then you see like situations where Alex Jones did this with the Sandy Hook massacre, which is, of course, if you don't know it, another mass casualty event at an elementary school. It's a primary school school for us. It's a primary school for us, yes. 20 children and six teachers. And Jones went on these rants about how the entire thing was an operation to take your guns, blah, 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 going as far as naming the families as being complicit with the whole crisis actor angle. And this resulted in their harassment by these info warriors and what I would like to call conspiracy cucks because you're so fucking brave behind a keyboard threatening the families of grieving fucking children. And you're just getting off on it. This is a power trip for you. It's disgusting. Now, Jones is learning his lesson through the court system, and he's likely to be bankrupt or at least close to by this bullshit, which I'm happy to see happen because, my God, he deserves it. He gets away with wild shit. Anyone who listens to the knowledge fight knows that he lies for a living. But this was a bridge too far, and the families were going to clean him out. Yes, it was very gutsy stuff from from a a number of uh, families from the Sandy Hook Massacre to to, to sue him for essentially for defamation. Because it perpetuates the trauma. His defence, Joel, was that... Oh, you know, I was having a bit of a psychotic episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was know, a long time I mean, back. Just yeah. Um, look, I don't know how well he's hidden hidden his money, but that was 
that was the end. Trying. That was that was the end for him in terms of oh, any him. sort of legitimacy. Not that he had much anyway. No, but but that was the end of him on YouTube. That was the end of him on 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 any sort of major. He's still platform. going though, and he's still making millions of dollars he's still in sales. Doing it. He's yeah. still doing well. Well, supplement sales, Joe. Yeah, that's exactly it. And in the meantime, we have citizen journalists and sociopathic morons who are comparing photos of victims and making these absurd connections between mass shooting events. There's, I'm not going to go to specifics, but like there are victims in certain mass shooting events that they're saying are the same people because of this ridiculous crisis actor concept. It is this sort of depraved behavior that they should be ashamed of themselves, but they're actually really proud. Yeah, and this they're is just, they're just they're just fucked in the head. And while a lot of these people who bring up these things are anonymous, and they should be, because I tell you what, if the courts come after you, you are fucked. Ex bounty hunter and certified fucking lunatic mate of Maria Z, Stu Peters, has been yeah. hard at work filling the vacuum of this false flag hysteria left by Jones, who's terrified to do it again because it's about to clean him out and completely ruin him financially. We we got to do a show on Stu Peters. He is worth an entire we, show. Oh, he's, he's worth an entire show. The guy's a fucking scumbag. I mean, and the Maria Z crossover, I mean, investigating that is going to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Join the Patreon. I need more spare time because I don't have enough time <laughs> to look into you'll, it. You'll need some alone time after that. Yeah. They gas bag for so long. I, I, like, even at two speed, I can't do it. So, look, I'm just going to say that wherever there's an atrocity that leads to some kind of conversation on gun control, we're going to see this bizarre fringe push yep, toward a distortion on the truth. and. Like it's it's almost like these simple days of false flag theories. They were nice. They're over now. It's like these children are going to be slain in massacres, and then the theory is going to be they're being trafficked in tunnels for Tom Hanks to root. I mean, like, how the fuck do you change a country that not only can't confront their gun control issue, but they've even jumped the shark so far that they think that elites are trafficking victims of massacres in order to take away your guns? And then, I don't know, what, steal your money somehow? Like, everyone's a pedophile. They're taking your guns. I don't know how you can navigate this landscape. It stopped It stopped making sense a long time ago, and now there's no sense to make of it at all. Well, this is what I say. I mean, you, you can't change this. I mean, they are so it's horrendously fucked. divided now, even in the normal responses we're getting from the Republican Party. There are two standards, and that is, oh, this is a mental health issue. This is not a gun yeah. issue. That's one. The second one we'll talk about a little bit later, and that is, oh, we've got to make you know, schools like fucking forts, you know. Which is what what happens. They barricade themselves in and then you can't fucking get to them and they yeah. just shoot the kids inside. That's what happened here, for Christ's sake. Yeah, see, it's, it's just not a question of what's to be done. It gets back to what can be done, not to stop it, but somehow to reduce the sheer number of spree shooting events and the numbers of victims. Yes, exactly. So John Howard style a gun buyback isn't going to work. It must be remembered that we haven't had a spree shooting event in this country since the gun yeah. buyback was brought in by Howard and Fisher. Do yeah. their considerable political courage, it must Absolutely. be said. And we have come close, but no event uh, that ticks the FBI book on spree shootings, and that is, their definition is, a multiple firearm homicide incident involving four or more victims at one or more locations close to one another. That's yeah. the F- FBI definition of a spree shooting event. There was one event at Monash University in the first decade in this century yeah. that left three dead and one badly wounded, but that fell short of the working definition. Yeah. So overall, 
um, the gun buyback has stopped. We had a we had a really nasty history of of, uh, of, of spree shooting events, uh, not just at Port Arthur, which uh, obviously precipitated the gun buyback policy, but others around. There was one in Sydney. Um, um, there were no, there was the Hoddle Street shooting in in uh, in Melbourne. We did, we were well on the way to making this a sort of normal event. Yeah, and there was this thing like Don Jr. did this video about how if it was, you know, there's no difference between this and a machete and other arms and other other yeah. weapons. And someone on Twitter quite rightly pointed out that they actually did have a machete attack on their campus and they were tackled. And while people were injured because this psycho was flailing around with a giant knife, no one died. Yeah, we did have um, we did have an attack in Sydney rather similar with, with a guy with basically with great big knives and, and – uh, and we had some very heroic, uh, a, a couple of heroic. Oh, the milk crate. Yeah, with the, the milk, milk crate, crate. shut them down. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a lot easier stopping a man with a knife than it is a man with a gun. Totally. AR-15 with five fucking mags. I mean, <laughs> so in terms of a gun buyback, what are we looking at in the States? There, there are almost 400 million firearms in private possession in the US. It's about 393 million. 120 guns for every 100 people. But many Americans don't own guns. No. Only 32.5% report owning a gun. A larger percentile, 44% of Americans, report living in a home where a gun or guns are present. Those that do own guns often have more than one, and of those, a large percentage have veritable arsenals of firearms. Mm-hmm. And regardless of that, the sheer scale of it is that a gun buyback isn't going to work no. at almost bankrupt the country and not to mention there'd be some pretty serious challenges about enforcing it uh, jail with you know with the, some of the lunatic groups around there yeah oh, you could do it it's gonna be done it'd be very bloody tricky i mean my mate larry who i love dearly and i go shooting with he has a garage full of guns and looking at it is astonishing and he represents one of these people who owns the disproportionate amount of guns. He has more shotguns. I don't know why. And the amount of AR-15s he's got, and this is only just his garage, apparently he has an entire room in his house, which I didn't even check out. It's insane. When you see these arsenals, you just it's so confronting. But at the end of the day, yes, okay, I'm not going to bank up the USA, but people aren't going to do it. The only thing that I will say with this is that when it comes to a gun buyback, that is one way of doing it. But the kid demonstrated that he bought the gun brand new from Daniel Defense online. You stop that, you stop a lot of access. Because as Jim Jeffries, who's a bit of an asshole, said, when the guy who's going to do the school shooting, he doesn't go down to the docks and say, has anyone got an AR-15 I can buy? These are incels. These are very rarely extroverts. Well, we are talking about a specific type. They're not the kind of people who are going to go out finding guns. Young white men. uh, They're not not intrepid. They're not negotiators. They're not going to search um, for markets. So... We'll get to what we might be able to, um, you know, do to basically ameliorate or reduce the the number of these attacks. But there is no solution, so you can't do a gun buyback in the United States. the The days of the days of gun control in the United States are essentially over. Yeah. Right? They're, 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 if, if Sandy Hook wasn't going to do it, nothing's going to do it. I agree with it. it this is what I, when I go to the States and like I talk about like our utopia with no guns in Australia, and they blah blah blah. I just say, look. I'm not telling you you will have no guns. I I think you're well past that point. I'm just saying that in a country with no guns, it's really nice and I sleep really well. Yeah. 
So some of the solutions are getting a bit bizarre, though. So Donald Trump told an NRA convention, a classic piece of timing, there was the Trump stuff yeah. <laughs> at a National Rifle Association Doing his little convention. dance on the stage. Yeah. Fucking crazy. He said the answer was securing school doors, presumably having something like submarine doors at schools, you know. No, I think he meant just plastering the fat kids onto the doors. <laughs> it's, it's, but that's their, that's their answer. It'll work. There, there, there is there is. Oh, as crazy as this seems, there's a little bit of sense in that, and we'll get back to it, back to it in a moment. Ted Cruz did basically the same. You know, we've got to make schools safer, and that means having armed people on campus, you know. Just like sentry guns just on the corners, just occasionally killing kids and being like, you know, oh, uh, system system glitch. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Well, the, 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 but these sort of stories really are just a way of, 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 of just – Allowing the um, the heat on this issue to calm down. So when yeah. GOP politicians like Trump, Cruz, etc., have to confront spree shooting events at schools, that's what, that's the first thing I talk about: school safety. You know, yeah, the good yeah. man with the gun. You know, uh, distract, sort of distract, distract, distract. It's just not a good way of doing this. And really, you can't have, or you can if you wish, but it's not a good look. <laughs> you can't have people with assault rifles. Because if you've got a, if you've got a man with a with a sidearm uh, in security in in a high school coming up against someone with an assault rifle, guess who's going to win that battle? It's not good. Assault yeah. rifles are incredible pieces of machinery. They the really thing are. Is, the other thing, as I mentioned before, is this sort of concept that the that, that, that the GOP uh, gets stuck on about. Oh, this is really just about mental health, uh, and that would be okay. It might even be a passable argument if. They actually supported uh, increases in funding anything. for dealing with mental health anything. in a community. Anything. Yeah. The, the responses aren't supposed to make sense. It's just a delaying tactic. It is. Yeah, you're right. I never thought of it that way, but like that makes total sense. It is a fucking delay tactic. Yeah, and what we know about spree shooting events is, as I said earlier, that they're committed more often than not by young white males. And here lies some hope of identification, early intervention, or red flagging, as it has become known in the United States. New York State has red flag laws requiring the intervention of law enforcement when people pose threats of committing spree shooting events. Yeah. The idea is that besides intervention that requires psychiatric assessment and response, those red flagged are prohibited from purchasing, purchasing firearms. Yeah. And the laws in the state that these laws are quite good you know when they're enforced Mm. so the buffalo shooter from three weeks ago he was red flagged after he made threats of shooting up his high school nine months ago no shit he was identified subject to psychiatric assessment but when it came time for the police to ban his access to firearms the cops failed to act or considered he no longer posed a threat they basically shrugged their shoulders this guy was ticking every box and i'll tell you the avalda shooter was exactly the same there is no red flag legislation in texas but in new york it it did but there was a system that caught him and they had a system but they didn't use it. Amazing. That is fucked up. I didn't know any of this. And so on the day the Buffalo shooter turned 18, he purchased an assault rifle. Yeah, that was his thing. That was like the – and posted the, the receipt. And we're talking about less than a year after he had made threats, reported threats that were responded uh, to that he was going to shoot up his own high school. That is fucked. Uh, so let's talk about these red flag things because they are yeah. actually quite effective, provided they're enforced. Yes. As of 2021, 19 states and the District of Columbia have enacted some form of red flag law. The specifics of, of, the, specifics of the laws and the degree to which they are utilised vary from state to state. Orders issued under red 
red flag laws, also called risk-based gun removal laws, are known by several names, including extreme risk protection orders. Uh, They exist in Oregon, Washington, Maryland, uh, Vermont, and Colorado. And I said the, the acronym is great, ERPOS. ERPOS. It's like ASPOS oh, in the oh, UK. You're going to love this that, one. That's a great this acronym. The, then there's another one called Extreme Risk Firearm Protection Orders. That's ERFPO, John. ERFPO. I like that's, ERPO better, but ERFPO's got a bit of like a, a snatch in, in the middle. That's ERFPO. In, that's in New, Mes- New Mexico. And Risk Protection Orders in, guess where, Florida. Oh, no. boring. What a crap acronym. Um, RPO. Get out yeah. of my town. And then there's gun violence restraining orders, GVROs in Ooh, California, risk cool. warrants in Connecticut, and proceedings for the seizure and retention of a firearm in Indiana. And that all trigger that the, the triggers for these things are a number of issues, but certainly the threat of spree shooting. But like the bedrock is there, and not only that, but it's caught people who have then gone yeah. on to do spree shootings when yeah. it would have possibly stopped. Uh, I'm going to stop. I'm so you never, you never know. God you just don't it. know how effective these laws have been because you never know. Well, you the do only know. Way, the, you're telling me. The only way you're going to know is when they don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fair, yeah. I, I, yeah. Look, the aim is to remove firearms and prevent purchases of firearms by people identified as a threat. To what extent they work, you know, is a bit unclear because these things are, are only going to be um, proven effective or otherwise when they when they fail. Yeah, right? and yeah. and and the That's failures fair. are always human failures. They're always a cop or a judge or a psychiatric assessor, a psychologist yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, no. Little Johnny's fine now. You know, yes, he's all right Johnny. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The unavoidable conclusion is that uh, in many, uh, not all, but many states with red flag laws in place, they also experience larger than the average amount of gun violence. We haven't not mentioned in there is Illinois. Okay. Uh, not mentioned in yeah. there is New York, where there is yeah. large amounts of gun violence. Yeah. Maryland, there is huge amounts of gun violence in, yes. in, in, in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so Illinois being the, where Chicago is. Yeah. It is one of those anomalies, and it does give um, the, uh, the the pro gun lobby um, uh, an advantage or an, a, a sort of an argument anyway that they use uh, to the nth degree that that in the states with the more vigorous gun control laws in place, yeah. there is often a lot more gun violence. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which it's is an argument, which, which is I hear a mean, lot. Look, you know, it is similar to the situation we do have in Australia with the gun buyback system creating uh, creating a system of of uh, an underground uh, network of sales of weapons to criminals. So the only people who have guns, really, in a sense, are police and crooks. Yes, but the criminals are the kind of criminals who only use them on other criminals and they do it sparingly over big meth deals. Yeah, not always. Yeah, not always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Another federal law under consideration is a ban on the purchase of semi-automatic firearms until a buyer turns 21 rather Fair. than 18. That that would actually cut out a fair bit, but Look, for those living outside the uh, the US, it seems the height of madness that young adults can purchase a military-style rifle that with a bit of tinkering can fire, hundred, five, uh, can fire hundreds of rounds per minute but still not be able to have a drink at a bar. I was going to say something, but I knew you were going to get there, so I left it alone. Yeah, it, it's, I, I, it's, it's they can drive at, drive at 15 in places like Colorado, can't have a drink till they're 21. You can't buy a fucking beer. No. Mental. Yeah, but you can buy an assault rifle Just at 18. Crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. I've had in to any, in right any event, that proposed law would never get through the Senate. It just simply wouldn't. That no. is NRA influence. That is Republicans tilting to their constituents, etc. And saying, you know, why can't why can't my little Johnny buy a gun? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, he'll he'll protect he's my family. A, he's an adult, you know. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> depressingly, what we can safely predict is that next to nothing will be done in the US to curb the almost unique social problem of spree shootings in general and in its halls of learning in particular. Ugh. It's not the only country on earth to have spree shootings. We talked about Australia's no. history. Um, Brevik, I mean, come on, that was Brevik, insane. Norway, you know, these things do occur. But in the United States, they're happening at a rate of more than one per day. All the time. All the time. Yeah. And look, and in this environment, the absurd arguments, e.g. Trump's reinforced doors at school, suddenly become less absurd. You know, if Americans won't change their gun laws, then obviously schools need to be made safer from attacks. Laser beams. And that's what they talk about, one door in, multiple exits. Now, the schools are being designed and, and redesigned around that one door in, multiple exits. That's so fucked in the head. It's so fucked in the head that they, that they are not dealing with the problem at the source, so they are dealing with the with the symptoms of the problem. Yeah, the fallout. Crazy. You know, armed teachers and security staff at schools. And they've got to have, they've got to have assault rifles. There's no point in them having a 9 millimeter Glock on their, on their hip. Otherwise, it's, they're going to wait for an hour outside the school before the fucking thing starts. Well, we'll get on with that in a minute. We will. So, yeah, look, that will be the only vaguely meaningful change, you know, that, those sorts of things, making schools safer, but making them, turning them into basically fortresses where, where, where certain people have a, a, a range of weapons inside it, you know. I just can't yeah. picture it. Given that Americans generally won't change, won't, uh, change gun laws, and, and this is, you know, this is all this they're is left your with. This is the this is what they're left with, yeah. Uh, and that's why policing will be under the spotlight too. We just mentioned it too. The shooting at Uvalde has already led to criticism, which at face value seems justified in the face yeah. of reports that nineteen law enforcement officers entered the school, entered the school building, and delayed entering the room, storming the room. And in one reported case, their presence led to the shooting of, of one young boy. They actually, there was one officer who yell, yelled out, um, yelled out to one of the children, let me know where you are. And he did, and bang. That was one report that I read. That, bang, that little awful. kid was just shot dead. Uh, but as bad as that might have been, and, and we might have seen, I don't know if you saw it, Joel, there was footage outside the school. I've heard all about it. Uh, where parents were being restrained from entering the school and they were armed. They were tased. Oh, God, I heard they were tased. I saw people crying and, 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 and you know, basically in, in deep state of angst. Uh, and they wanted to get into the building and, and, and get their children out. And they had, and they had arms on them. And what we, just, it's just such a chaotic situation. And as bad as that might have been, had armed parents entered that building, what would, what would have happened? I mean, I, I don't even want to think about it. Well, it appears on face value and it's easy to be seduced by the headline, which is a complete example of incompetence to have stop these armed parents from entering the school, risking their lives to engage a shooter and deal out this kind of, you know, immediate justice. The idea of allowing Johnny Rambo from Clyde Street down the road to play out his little hero fantasy is insane. Now, it doesn't sound insane because we've watched too many fucking action movies. But that's not how the world works. The school itself is a complex structure. There's many different constraints. Yep. There's ins and outs. There's exits, entrances. There's all these sort of things. This guy barricaded himself into a room full of children. The idea of letting some random fucking handyman with an AR-15 walk in there and say, oh, I'm just going to shoot the guy is just as insane as doing nothing. Yeah. The access to rooms, the logistical issues, the locks, 
on the doors, there are so many things that don't come up in the mind of this average vigilante dad who's there hopped up on endorphins and fucking, you know, shitty American action propaganda. Yeah, yeah, look, that that too. And he's going to behave in a very risky way. Oh, totally. He's going to do whatever the fuck he thinks is a means to an end. And, of course, as long as not his kid in the way, then it's just collateral damage just like in the movies. The only issue here is that it did enable the shooter to barricade himself into an area where a set of parameters were there that stopped law enforcement from getting in, stopped the children from getting out, and let him do whatever the fuck he wanted, which is disgusting. He murdered children unopposed in a place that could not be accessed by the good guy with a gun, which is just horrific. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that the the law enforcement weakness, and it was a weakness. There's 19 of them there, and at least three or four should be able to say, "Okay, we're going to go, we're going to go in." Right? You're in law enforcement. This is your job. You should fucking go in. But that's the secondary issue, isn't it? The secondary issue is, you know, that the, the law law enforcement behaved badly in this case, uh, perhaps we, even with cowardice, because the primary issue is you've got an 18-year-old kid with an assault rifle in a classroom shooting up kids. That's the problem. That is the problem. And the issue here, like I was I was looking at these reports of people saying that the custodians of the school didn't have access to certain things, there were keys missing, there were all sorts of issues of just simply being able to walk through doors, being able to access stuff. Like, you know, you don't, like, throw a grenade on the roof and then suddenly, like, climb through uh, the, the the hole you made on abseils. No, Tom Cruise It's not style. a fucking yeah. movie. It's not Tom, a fucking movie. Tom Cruise style, yeah. It just doesn't uh, work that way. So the response is that schools will become heavily armed, you know, fortresses. That's 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 the response because they're, they're responding to the secondary part of this problem at Uvalde, that law enforcement couldn't get in, couldn't access, didn't yeah. have the didn't have the nads to do it, let's say. I mean, I, look, we, I don't know enough about their response. But it just traps but kids it inside seems, anyway. It, seem, it seems that 19, 19 law enforcement officers, armed law enforcement officers could have made a move, but that's the secondary thing. So they're responding to the secondary. It's a symptom. It's a symptom of this. So <clears throat> that's the only conceivable change that will be made. Schools will become heavily armed forts and law enforcement are going to be encouraged to move in now, often with disregard to their own safety and the safety of those inside. You can bet yeah. on that. Yeah. The next one, there will be there will be sort of sort of hero type responses. And who, who knows how that's gonna go. If someone's no. gonna if someone's got an AR fifteen, they are killing machines. Yeah. They they go where you shoot them and they shoot fast and they shoot with impact. Yeah. They're, they're incredible machines. And and look, we just want to finish up by just saying, look, just repeating that basically we can talk about the NRA and the powerful lobby group that it is. It's kind of like Big Tobacco 30 years ago, um, <coughs> the NRA in many ways. And be, yeah. they have been subject to a, a number of um, uh, major lawsuits over the journey, which have basically diminished their power considerably. But it's real when you start looking at a sort of lobby group like the NRA, you're really missing the point. You know that, that Americans don't want to change their gun laws, right? Yeah. And not enough of them do. And it's yeah. all full steam ahead on the Second Amendment. And every time schools and school students are shut up, there is only a brief pause 
and a consideration of all the symptoms around it before they just move on. It's business as usual again. Thoughts and prayers, man. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. I remember, I remember traveling through the through the states and going through through the southern states and coming across a chain of pawn shops called Porn and Guns. Yeah, where you could just go in, you know, plonk the wedding ring on the on the bench and say, "I'll have that one," and then go, and sh- then go and shoot your wife. In a situation like that, Monica might just have an AR-15 right now. <laughs> rubies and diamonds. That's right. That's right. And that's enough of that grim business for now, guns and what have you, because it is time now for Pete Evans, who is a gun black, and he's worried about monkeys and who's been fucking them. That's all <laughs> we can think of, and he's had a big week, and we're going to hear all about it in the week in Pete Evans. <laughs> And it has been a huge fortnight in Pete Evans, with the Northern Rivers intellectual nobody making absolutely no time or space for the Australian <laughs> federal election. Huge, my huge. But for a simple Matrix meme saying it's an all a simulation. Ah, uh, yeah, saw that. That was on election day. <laughs> Just mm. deep stuff from the five-year-old over here. Really? Well done. But Pete's had his head so far up Tucker Carlson's ass. He's completely forgotten that he even lives here. He does live there. Mm. What does my passport look like, bro? (laughs) So while the world shrugged their shoulders about monkeypox, Pete has been quietly shitting himself and desperately attempting to demonstrate a population paralyzed by fear so he can show how cool he is in the face of perceived danger. Oh, I don't care. Cool guy. No problem for me. Except for the fact that nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> this really annoys Pandemic Pete, who loves the idea that normies are all living a life of fear and loathing, while he's the only cool-headed guy in the room. We're all running around with our pants on fire. Obviously, the opposite is true. He's a gibbering paranoid, and anything that hit the news on any given week needs to become some existential threat and a complex conspiracy involving a web of characters who are not only malevolent, but highly competent. <laughs> One of the memes he posted was this. Let me get this straight. The globalists are going to use monkey pox as a cover for vax injuries and blame Putin for releasing it as a bioweapon to justify World War Three, WW3, in hopes they can all get away with their crimes. Sound plausible? The architect. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't sound plausible. It does, it's not plausible. It doesn't. It doesn't sound plausible, you smooth brain fucking reptile. Nothing about that makes any sense. <laughs> no, not and anything. Whenever not someone thing. starts out with, let me get this straight, you just know they're just going to go they're somewhere. Not being straight. Really shit. You've got nothing straight, Mr. Architect. Nothing about that was straight. But it's fucking desperate. You know, it's so desperate to drop this fear and hysteria. World War Three can't be a tit. It's <laughs> monkeypox. It's a bit of a weird chickenpox thing, and it's going around people who like to root. I mean, just calm down. Yeah. They put monkey cells in the vaccine, but that's none of my business. This was on the Kermit drinking tea meme. You know, the one with the Lipton, you know, the the, the Kermit thing. And it's just like, it goes without saying this is an incredibly stupid take. They don't have monkey cells. And even if they did, there's like correlation does not equal causation. The AstraZeneca jab does contain chimpanzee or chimpanzee, if you're Joe Rogan or Alex Jones. (laughs) Adenovirus vaccine vector. And what does that mean? I don't know and I don't care. I Googled it, I could explain it, but it doesn't matter because it's actually none of my business. To be quite honest, I don't care at all. And neither should you. No one fucking cares. But thanks heaps, Pete. 
for that factually incorrect and pointless zinger. Did take the AstraZeneca jab, and for a while there, I was masturbating more. Oh, were you eating your own feces and throwing <laughs> against the wall, though? Because no, that's no. the measure. No, that's no, the no. measure. Not after the AstraZeneca. The I mean, it's just... Jab. It's so fucking dumb. A bit and before. Did it a bit before. The thing that annoys me with all this is like, you know, like I know he's getting his memes from the US anyway. So yeah. like they didn't use AstraZeneca. So they don't even have this like, oh, I guess yeah, this is right. a reason. Like That's right. This, I'm, I'm making excuses for this motherfucker that don't even apply. Anyway, I mean like then there's of course this predictable Bill Gates meme with money pox instead of oh, monkey pox. Oh, you're so smart. Mm. I've seen other memes where it says the K is silent because, like, that's, like, super edgy and smart. But this one was just too complex at primary school, Pete, who just, yeah. like, he's semi-literate. So, like, Se- yeah. what? why is the K silent? What? I don't understand. Money pox. Oh, money pox. Like, yeah, he's an idiot. But the thing is, it hasn't been all monkey business for pro Petey boy, who, as we speculated recently, might be smarting a touch after the recent crypto crash. Yeah, been wondering about him. Is down, he okay? Down, down, Just like Cole's prices. And while it's gone from a fucking record high to a slightly less record high, it depends on where you bought it. Yeah, and it right. has lost about 50% in the last six months. Mm-hmm. When did he buy it is the question. We don't know. And while Top of the market, Pete. I wouldn't be surprised for a goddamn <laughs> second, let's face it. He's got so many peeled idiots telling us it's going to be like $500,000 of Bitcoin in three weeks. I mean, like, he's an idiot. So while we've got these smart people on the other side who don't consider crypto gains as money until it's crashed out, cashed out, because let's face it, fiat currency is what it's worth, mm. it feels like Pete's been struggling. And why uh-huh. do I get this idea? It's because he is pushing his retreats hard. Mm. That's a sign. That's Before, a sign. Before, it was like, oh, we'll have retreats, bro, but, like, they're expensive. You can come if you want. Like, I don't really care. Like, you do, like, yeah, like, uh, here's the here's the link if you want it. Like, I'm not worried. Now, it's every third post being, oh, fucking Yuzu fed salmon here, bro. Fucking, what, men's retreats and shit. We've got all sorts of cool stuff. Everyone's having a great time. Look at these photos. <laughs> and he also made this bizarre revelation that he cooks barefoot. Apparently, that matters. I knew he did. I knew he would do that. I always yeah. thought he would. I, I just... He made a point of it. I don't know why. It wouldn't surprise me to hear that Pete had to start eating his culinary arch nemesis, and this is farmed salmon. No, he thinks no, it's poison. No. Oh, I mean. Never. Hey, look, I like to say it, but crypto's gone down. While he much prefers salmon, which has been force-fed grass clippings and forced to watch Tucker Carlson originals <laughs> in a wave pool filled with bottled Fiji water, he's had to start eating that supermarket shit since his fake money stopped being worth so much, and now he's broke. I mean, look, it stinks of financial crisis. And finally, in what was a fucking whopping fortnight in Pete Evans, he's being triggered by the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. Aww. Pete has absolutely no idea what the World Economic Forum actually means or implies and how it actually works, but he has to keep up his profile as a conspiracy theorist of some kind of relevance, and he has to put his hot take on things. So this is his hot quote on the Davos meeting. Ooh, the greatest circus in parentheses, show on earth. It is all scripted and they are all such terrible actors. And well, look, to be honest, he's not half wrong. This, Pete, this, you yeah. would know. And if it comes to, you know, sort of any discussion of terrible actors, terrible in front of a camera, you would know, mate. True, true. And this is the thing. You probably read off a teleprompter. The speeches are written. No one who knows anything is surprised by that. Do you think they just rock up to the podium and just wing it, have a couple of oysters with some yuzu sauce, a few flutes of champagne and just crack out some Christmas jokes and see what happens? Of course it's fucking scripted. It's World Economic Forum. They're fucking politicians. Politicians are actors. That's how these things work. This isn't deep. You're accidentally correct. 
And what you were trying to say is some deep Q-drop bullshit about how it's all a movie and you're getting out popcorn. No, Pete, you just don't understand politics and you never have. You thought you were invited to the Senate. You're a fucking moron. And then you comment on it like you're some sort of expert. No, no, it's just sad. So to top this off, and this fucking kills me, this is one of the tweets he posted about the World Economic Forum from some knob named Legendary Energy. Uh, The World Economic Forum is like Coachella for rich people and corrupt politicians, where they plot the agenda of the world and then call you a conspiracy theorist if you disagree with their vision. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, Pete. I know this wasn't your words here, but what part of this did you think was interesting or clever and worth sharing? I've been to Coachella. Nobody was plotting anything. I saw a couple of kids smoking meth, first time ever. That was weird. On some foil in the mosh pit, a lot of dude bros who genuinely, clearly don't understand the lyrics in Raids Against Machine, but love it anyway and violently flail around regardless. (laughs) And by the way, You're not a conspiracy theorist if you disagree with people. That's called discourse. That's fine. You're a conspiracy theorist when you take a perfectly normal series of world events with a normal worldview and you turn them into some completely distorted horse shit fan fiction to feed your addiction to paranoia and your compulsion to just disagree with normal narratives. Not Coachella. You've never been there. Just get fucked, Pete. I can't handle this anymore. And stay off the monkeys, mate. Stay away from the fucking monkeys. Just stop sniffing their bums. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter, at Jack the Insider, and Joel on at Moses with a K. Set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. Just search the words. Promoting a podcast, easy said than done. We appeal to you every week. Just share our shit. Just Fucking do it. Yeah, Come on, see man. see a lot of people doing it, and we're very, very happy with that. You and are lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm an ingrate. I'm an ingrate. We are very, very grateful. There's <laughs> and, a few uh, who if, do it every day. It's very good. Yeah, no, we thank them. And uh, and anyone else who wants to have a lash, please do. Don't be ashamed. I will I will not only uh, retweet you, I'll follow you oh, uh, if I don't already. That's just, that's the promise. Oh. Uh, uh, and as we said at the front of the show, uh, the Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Ooh, for as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. Someone's good, someone's shit. But if you give us even more money, you get a whole bunch of other benefits. You can even watch us record the show. If and if, when we get to a 1,000 patrons, we promise that we will get involved in expensive litigation and just keep hitting you up for more money. I mean, like, they'll be begging emails, videos... We'll stand outside your house with a hat. We're going to do it. We're going to do all of it. <laughs> we love the grift. It's just we're not as good at it as Monica Smith is. No, we are as good. She just has better hair. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. So join up patreon.com slash relief program. Well, the tinny is going to go away. We need to buy her some cream. Give us the money. We'll send it to her. And finally, all feedback. Tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us you've just heard from George Christensen and you now have proof of electoral fraud. fraud. I can't believe he's pivoted to this, but of course he fucking has. Yeah, of course he has. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, listeners. See you next, See you next time. time. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards.